Hey, everybody, it's Keith. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Medicine Words. I'm here with my beloved nephew and co-creator of Medicine Words, Ryan. How are you, Ryan? I'm doing very well. Happy light and love, Ankh. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I am doing great. It's a beautiful day out there. It's just the perfect temperature. Beautiful. Not too hot, not too cold. Sun's out and shining. Right. We're truly yes. blessed to live where we do and all the resources we have around us. And it's it just gets you in such a good mood to have a day like today. Absolutely. I even did a little bit of yard work yesterday. You know, because I was in the mood. That's yeah. right. That's yeah, right. Absolutely. It's very relaxing. Get out there in Mother Earth, <laughs> yeah. release all that negative chi energy, yes, and she takes it back. Absolutely. Correct. Is it bad that I'm like destroying Mother Earth, like pulling the weeds out? Is that bad? Probably. Uh, well, well, the roses look good. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think it's all part of the same thing. All right. Okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, like, what do I know? That. Who knows? I, know. I mean, that's probably up to her to answer, don't you think? Well, Not me. you know, the, the roses are thriving, <laughs> that's, so. That's right. I'm sure that's Mother right. Earth loves that, yeah. That's right. Well. Oh, how are you? I'm so sorry. Did I ask you that? I'm fine. Okay. I mean, yes. yeah, I am incredibly happy. I'm very thankful, uh, very safe. I'm going to good space in my life. A real heart. Good. You know, it's interesting you should ask that, Ryan, because. We have an incredible guest speaker and interviewer today. Her name is Barb, and she's an individual that she does spiritual and I would say healing work, mental work as a hypnotherapist. Hypnotherapist. Okay. I'm very intrigued. I don't know too much about a hypnotherapist. I don't either. And that's good that we're going to learn from her. I like that. Perfect. And she's – what I find interesting, I have had hypnotherapy before, and it's very interesting what it is that you can address during a session like that. But I do work in a multi-level, multi-realms with inside of what I do with my work, as far as not just my theta brainwaves, but my alpha, my beta, my dream states, all sorts of things. So I'm very familiar with this. So I'm super excited and very anxious to hear what she has to say about what it's like to be a hypnotherapist. But more importantly, I want to introduce her as who she truly is. Barb is an incredible individual. Her aura is that of integrity, love, and light. The ego is not there. It's in, She puts her ego in service of her heart when she goes through her life and also when she is in her work as well. So she is truly the essence of being a person that can facilitate change in life. All right. So I know you have a lot of questions for her and so do I, but without further ado, Barb, tell us a little bit about yourself, if you would. Hi. Thank you for having me. Um I am Barb, and I manage a small healing arts center uh, that I started about six years ago in a church. It's very interesting to have that located in a church, um, but we have a wide variety of practitioners there, and I am a former psychotherapist, and I always thought that when people said the right thing, I would um, let them in the secret door, and we would talk about spirituality. And in the last few years, I realized that's the main thing I, I offer. It has to be the main thing. It's the main thing um, that I you know, use in my life. It's how I make my decisions. It's how I live every day. And so I started over and recreated myself as a spiritual coach and incorporate the hypnotherapy in the work that I do. Beautiful. Beautiful said. I like what you just said as far as that is it. It's like when you talk about spirituality, that's really my focus in life as well. And my view as far as what the definition of spirituality is has changed over the years. Personally, right now, I believe that spirituality is that we're all spiritual. 
But a true spiritual person is the individual that is living authentically. In other words, when the seat of the individual's soul is grounded in integrity, that is when the person is being spiritual. So they're doing the very best they can in whatever they endeavor into. And so every spiritual person, because we're so unique, will have a very different spiritual experience. In fact, I believe everything in life is kind of a spiritual experience. It's just that sometimes I think people in their learning process, they like to touch the fire to realize it's hot after they've gotten burned. And other people, like myself, would rather observe the fire and, and perceive that it could burn me if I touched it, so therefore I'd rather not. Now, back to being a hypnotherapist, it just fascinates me, Barb, because as I said before, you know, most people, I believe, work in the alpha or beta brain waves. In other words, it's the logical self. A, B has to equal C and so forth. Uh, the work that I do in regards to my spiritual work as a, as a shaman worker, light, psychic, whatever the definition of Keith is, but I'd just like to say that I'm a light worker and I do my best. I do go into the dream state a lot, which is more the theta. And so that is most people at night when they are sleeping, they're in the theta. Right now, as I speak to you, I'm in the theta. And so I, and that is my practice. That's what I, I do because it is a higher level, not a higher, but let's say an expanded level of consciousness. So when I talk about spirituality, I, I believe it's the opening of the soul and the heart to that expansion. And I do believe that you as a facilitator of not only your spiritual beliefs, like I said, but you as a hypnotherapist can facilitate that, like you said, the opening of that door. So could you walk me through what I could expect if I came to you as a hypnotherapist, what would that what would that entail, and what would what what would it be like my session? Well, first of all, we'd make sure that you were comfortable with me and in my office, or if we were working online, you would be you know set up and and comfortable so that you can relax. That's the main thing. I believe that um, we are an ego self and we are a soul self, and the ego pretty much runs the show unless we're conscious about setting it aside. And meditation is one way to set that aside. And hypnotherapy is a wonderful way to set it aside. And you talked about dream state. Hypnotherapy is a lot like a dream state because it takes you to that really deep, relaxed place. And so we would talk about what you wanted to work on, uh, if you wanted to you know, um, work on a past life or just you know, go into the session with an understanding of the direction that we're headed. Once you're comfortable, and uh, I would start with a guided meditation. It's called an induction. And it's just like a guided meditation where I take you through a process to deeply, deeply relax you. And then we would um, go into the meditation or the hypnotherapy part, which is, you know, maybe some suggestions or again, some guidance. You know, there, there's something here for you. There, There is um, um, messages for you, and you are um, safe, and your higher guidance wants to connect with you and show you whether it is um, a past life or a future self, life between lives. You can contact your guides. You can um, develop and strengthen your intuition, and um, it's really a lot like a trans, um, transcendent meditation uh, experience. You know, it, the first time I ever experienced hypnotherapy was the most relaxed I'd ever been. Right. Lovely. You know, I grew up in the 60s and the 70s, and <clears throat> I remember that 
in our junior high school, we had a hypnotherapist come to this on the stage, and he had all the smokes, the smoke and and mirrors, and you know was talking about hypnotherapy, and also it's like um, like there was like almost like a carnival esque atmosphere to it. And and other people, you know, you could go and I don't know if they do this anymore, but you could go to a stage performance in the 70s. It would be a hypnotherapist and people would say, oh, do this. And people would act like ducks on the stage and so forth, which unfortunately, I mean, you know, whatever a person is, you, you can do that as far as hypnotherapy. And you can also make a carnival act out of being a psychic or, you know, a shaman. We saw that just recently in D.C. And so a person can bastardize and run through the mud something that's very sacred but what I like about you, Barb, is the fact that you do keep such a sacred spiritual nature to your hypnotherapy. I do believe that what you're saying is that as we come through life, whether it is this life that we're living now physically or perhaps even in a past life, that we incur damage, we incur hurt, and we incur pain. And sometimes that pain can be so overwhelming that it can, it can bog us down. It's like a weight. So it can cause dis-ease in the soul, it can cause disease in the emotional body, and also the intellectual body, and perhaps even the physical body, and it can block us from happiness and joy and living an authentic life. So correct me if I'm wrong, but your tool, the hypnotherapy, is actually an instrument by which someone can go in and release those unconscious blocks and and then become the authentic person. And the energy of love is is flowing naturally to heal and to so that person lives a, a much better life. Not so much like acting like a duck on stage, correct? Exactly. Exactly. It it's soul contact. So when you can go into that hypnotic state and that deep, relaxed, like you said, theta state. You can really connect with your inner self, with your with your soul, and you know get guidance. You can receive information, and I, I've read stories about um, people who've gone and they had a an injury or they had something on their body that um, they that doctors couldn't figure out what was going on. And when they went into hypnotherapy to a, for a past life regression, they discovered a past life and an injury. And once they discovered that, the the pain went away. And you know, there's many many stories about that. Oh, I right. want to talk a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about the the stage hypno hypnotherapist or hypno. Um, Hip, yeah. Uh, you know what I'm trying to say. Right, right. <laughs> um, hypnotist. Hypnotist. They, that's right. That's it. That's I guess that's word. a difference. There's a hypnotist and there's a hypnotherapist. That's a good distinction. Yes. Exactly. Um, they typically start out so we're all able to be hypnotized everybody there's a certain percent a very small percentage who can really be hypnotized and those are the people who are called up onto stage the stage to act like ducks right the hypnotherapist the hypnotist on stage typically does a mass um session you know they they take you through a, a, a induction on uh, while they're on the stage and everybody's in the audience and they watch the people in the audience who is going deeper. Hmm. And those are the people they call up onto the stage so that um, someone like me um, doesn't, you know, doesn't ruin the show. When you come to my office, you will never lose control. Or when you go to any, any hypnotherapist, you will never lose control. You're in a dual state. So you are in a totally t relaxed state 
um, able to tap into information that you can't on a, you know, in your ego state, in your normal waking state. But if I said or suggested anything that you didn't want to do, you could certainly reject that. So you never, ever lose control. And I would never um, ask you to do something that, you know, would be uncomfortable anyway. But some people are uncomfortable with that. It's like, you know, I don't want to go in and give anybody else my control. But that just doesn't happen in a hypnotherapy session. Right. Well, that makes a lot of sense, too, <clears throat> because you're such a person of great integrity. Now, I do think that sometimes it's a power of suggestion, too, in so much that sometimes I look at the world and I believe that there is this mass hypnotic kind of uh, hypnotic kind of suggestion that people have. It's all about the power of the word. It is profound and not in a good way. When I look at sometimes people that will be constantly on their phones, they're, they're constantly on the TV and they are upset and they're angry and they can even be aggressive. It's like it is so violent on the TV and you see so much in the world that it's like a hypnotic suggestion that you become that way too. Like you have to have this opinion about what's happening over here in politics or you have to have this idea what's the right answer about this thing that's happened. No, you don't. You can turn off your cell phone. You can turn off your media and you can listen to soothing music in your house and you would be in a place of peace and love. So what you're doing is you are going in and helping people to release what is like suggested to them or what is expected of them. And so they can become them their authentic self. I believe we're beings of light. And so it is the same principle of light and energy. So your soul is light and you facilitate that change in other people by focusing that light with inside your heart chakra, using the vehicle of hypnotherapy and shining that light on their heart, <clears throat> and then they're able to open up to their own soul light. That's the truest definition of enlightenment, where you're sharing your light with someone else. So if you don't mind, could you share some of the experiences that you've had as a hypnotherapist and some of like your experiences that you really knew that it was facilitating change in healing the individual you're working with? Yes, um... relationship issues um, have come up where I just can't get along with my father and I'm not quite sure why I don't trust my sister or um, I don't get along or I, I can't have relationships. I, my relationships just don't last. And so when we go into that, there's a lot of times it's related to a past life. So the in one instance, the sister was the mother in a past life and she had given the child up for adoption. Mm. And once that, once he saw that he um, realized why he didn't quite trust his sister and could let that go. And it mm. changed the dynamics of, of the relationship. Wow. That's interesting. Now, do you also do past life regressions or do you just do hypnotherapy? And that is the, that's the vehicle you use. And then if past lives come up through the process of hypnotherapy, or do you actually do hypnotherapy with past life regressions? Yes. I also incorporate the past life regressions in my, in my practice. I think, I think it's fascinating to learn about our past lives. So we know ourselves better in this life. Uh, that I think all the lives 
um, build on each other. And if I'm still making some of the same mistakes that I did before, I want to change that. And I want, you know, I want to help others do that as well. So, yes. And I, I'm fascinated with life between lives as well. Been studying that. Right. I would agree with you that I, I really believe that fast lives, past lives are so incredibly fascinating. They're fascinating because we, we do things in life and sometimes it's, I think it's a matter of intent. If you're innocent and you're doing something and it's not really a big deal, it's kind of forgotten. But if you're doing something in life that's causing harm or injury to that person and you think that it's okay, it might be okay that you become older. You know, you're doing it when you're 30, 40. It could be uh, something that's causing someone pain or difficulty. It could be violence. It could be just very unscrupulous business deals. You're making a lot of money, but someone else is suffering because of it. I'm not judging anybody. I'm just saying, but if it's your intent and you are causing pain to someone else, as you get older, some of that can cause you illness or dis-ease with inside your mental state, your emotional state. And then if you did die, you're not going to get away with it. When you die, you face your own truth. If your life was a bunch of phony baloney, there is nothing there but phony baloney. If it is that it's violent and difficult, then that's what you get. So you do then create the next life in such a way that you can work out these issues. So as you come into this world, as a spiritual being, you go through this death, but then you go through this between life, and then your soul begins to go through the veil of forgetfulness so you can forget all that pain and difficulty. You come into this world as a human being, you begin to chronologically age, and all of a sudden you have these little snafus. Like you said, there's these issues that you have with relationships. You have these you have these other issues. So a person like you is incredibly helpful, incredibly a healer, because you can go in there and you can unleash that or unlock that that knowledge. And where it was before such a pain, it becomes experiential wisdom. Where it was something that was so dark that it stagnated the person, they becomes light where it enables the person. So I really want to congratulate you for, you know, using your powers for good, Barb. Thank you. Thank you. I, I love what I do. And I've experienced it myself and know the benefit of it. And I just want to use that to help others. It, it is my mission to, um, my spiritual life is so important to me. There's nothing more important than my connection. And um, I want to help others live that as well. And I want to help others remember that, remember who they are so that they can remember why they're here and not waste the time that they have. And, um, and I, you know, support them in any way that I can. And, and certainly hypnotherapy and past life regression is a, a wonderful way to, to do that. Right. Well, I find that fascinating too. That's I, I can really resonate with that, where you said your spiritual life is your most important part of your life, and I agree with that. My relationship with the divine is by far the most important part of my life. It matters not to me what people think of me. It matters not to me what what is said out there, because I am doing my very best to create the best future Keith. Now, I do work in a realm where I'm going into an, the theta brainwave or the theta wavelength, and I do transcend the time-space continuum so that I can get an accurate perception of someone's life energetically speaking. And so a lot of times, since I've been doing my work for so many years, decades, 
that I'm really not that aware of the time-space continuum. And so I'm just living very much in the now. So it does sometimes kind of sound like a paradox or a contradiction because here you and I are both talking about past lives and the importance of it, how important it is to heal from it. But if you ask me what the most important thing in a person's life that can heal is to stay very present, to stay in the now moment, to stay not trying to carry the baggage from past lives. But yet you said it very well. The ego would like to control and the ego, the egoic structure is trying to make sense of so many things that you cannot make sense out of. So a person like yourself or a light worker can go in and help them release that baggage. I, I heard this analogy years ago. You have you spoke of the healing that you do with people's relationships and romances, or the relationships that are platonic, or their friendships or their relatives. And so we go through therapy, hypnotherapy, therapy, we come to a psychic, we come somewhere and we go, aha, I have this moment of clarity. What is this? And then yet three or four months later, we're still finding ourselves in the same kind of trap, that same kind of burden. And the analogy that was given is like, as we go through life, we have a backpack and we have this burden by placing these rocks in this backpack. And then what happens is that we go to a facilitator and we say, aha, and we take this rock out of this backpack. And we go, that makes a lot of sense. And what we unfortunately do is we put the rock back in the backpack. Instead of looking at it and going, I'm not going to do this anymore. And so with the power of love, you crush that rock and turn it into sand and you let it go back to the earth. Why that's so important is that if you don't do that, you will tend to unconsciously replicate the same kind of experience with someone else. Whether it's a romantic involvement, whether it's a friendship, whether it's family, whatever it is, you're going to tend to replicate that same issue over and over. Now, you are a facilitator of light through the vehicle of being a hypnotherapist, but I know you believe that really we're just all children of God on the planet. We're all equal. Nobody's better or worse. So what you're doing is you are facilitating and giving them the love and the energy they need to love themselves. Wouldn't you agree? Agreed. Agreed. One of the things that I know that I'm really good at is I hold space. So my office is very, very comfortable. I think it's uh, comfortable to be around me, have an energy, uh, comforting, loving energy. And so that's the perfect place for people to come and explore their inner world, look at what's in the backpack and, and release it. But to feel safe to do that. I think so many people today don't feel safe. And they're worried about yesterday and they're worried about tomorrow and they're not in the present moment. And so my job is to help people to, at least for the hour or two hours that we're together, to be in the moment so they can look at what's right before them and really, really look at that. And then, you know, hopefully they release it. And if we have to look at it again, um, they they can do that. One of the things I personally do and I love to teach about is the moon cycle. Mm. I love to set new intentions with the new moon, and I love to do releasing ceremonies with the full moon. Right, right. I agree with you. And, you know, you said it very well. People simply don't feel safe in this world. And so they're looking for that safety. They're looking for a facilitator, and your energy is magnificent. You maintain this level of calmness and open-heartedness, and so people naturally are going to feel safe in your sacred space. And that's so important. Now, we're all equal. 
when people ask me, when did you learn you were a psychic? My soul wants to say, when did you exactly forget you were a psychic? Because we're all spiritual beings of light. We're all psychic, and it doesn't matter what we're all unique. So we sometimes, unfortunately, try to put each other in the box that works best for ourselves, and that is impossible. And that's what's been happening for so many, many years. There was this this ideology, these philosophies, this thing that is perpetrated against people, and it's like, oh, you have to be this, and you have to buy that, and you have to be fearful. Once you fear, they own you. That's all there is to it. You know, you can see it through the military, you can see it through all sorts of things, and I'm not going to criticize anything. Do whatever you'd like to do. But when you get to the point where the pain is so difficult you cannot bear it, and you want to get to a higher level of light, go inside your heart and release the fear and the control mechanisms, and hopefully you'll be able to have the great privilege of meeting someone like Barb that can help you facilitate that change. So you're right. I think that people are getting to this point of of love and light and self-empowerment and not doing as they are told, but growing as they're meant to be. You would not go up to someone and say, you should do this, and this is what you have to do, and you should, and you should uh, um, you know, go to college and make a lot of money or whatever. No, it's like an acorn needs to turn into an oak tree. The tulip bulb needs to turn into the tulip. And you can't, the tulip would not say, hey, I, you have to be a, a, a tulip because I am, but you're an oak tree. No, you, you give the love to the person, and that person grows with that love. When you talk about past lives, it's interesting because what you create your space. Now, before I was born, I was born in 1960, and as a soul, I do remember being on the planet during the like 30s and 40s, and I was between lives. And so I have absolute conscious memory of being a soul that would work with my angels and soul group in such a way that I was trying to help people get out of harm's way. My name means a safe place of the gift of God. It doesn't mean anything other than that's what it means. But I do remember as a soul working with my angels and soul group and saying, okay, those, these people are going to kill these people. And it didn't matter what they were. It didn't matter if they were Japanese, Russians, black, white, Jews, Christians. It didn't matter to me. It was like if that person was innocent, then my group would help them find refuge or help them find, even if it's like duck in this alley, because if you don't, these people are going to get, the Nazis are going to get you. And I worked tirelessly with it. I also remember being a spiritual being of light without physical incarnation. And so it was very easy to move all over the world because a soul is light. And so it's able to move at the speed of light. And I remember also thinking, when I do incarnate as a physical being of light, I have got to remember this. I'm not going to close the veil of forgetfulness. I'm going to leave it open, which I have accomplished. All right. So I came into physical incarnate in 1960. There was a mother and a father. There was a conception. There was a pregnancy. There was the quickening where my body and soul become one. And then there was the birth of me. So I would refuse to lease and let go of that conscious memory. And so what was being taught about was a very conser- around me, not so much my family, but around me was a very conservative kind of religious dogma. That did not resonate with me as well, because I remember always thinking, just always remember that I'm an eternal light being. So as I grew, I didn't, it didn't bother me what people would say in their ignorance, or as you said, their ego. So now I'm 61 years old, and it could not, I could not be more thankful for that. I could not be more thankful that that, that 
is a part of life and it is a part of the growth that we have. So when you talk about between lives, we, some of us just don't close our, our, that veil. We just don't allow it to happen because I'm not saying, I don't like the structure of, 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 oh, because we're more advanced. No, we're all just individuals. But perhaps we're just vibrating at a different level of love and light, and that gives us this access to this this reality of being the creator of our life and not the creator in our life. So does that make sense to you, or do you kind of relate to that? Or as far as a hypnotherapist, if if I came to you, you could probably maybe see that, or you could sense that kind of thing. Definitely, definitely. And um, it's it's interesting that you remember because we do have that veil of forgetfulness when we, when we come onto the earth plane, into the earth school, but there's my life journey has helped me to remember. And I don't necessarily remember, but I, when I read something or when I hear something, it resonates. So truth for me, there's no doubt in my mind or in my heart that that is the truth. And it's like, I'm recognizing the truth not necessarily remembering and it's it's like this phd program of spirituality that i'm on right now that is just fascinating and um being able to relax in in a hypnotherapy session um just sets the tone to really really connect and tune out the world um that is so so very loud right now very very loud it's incredibly loud, and people are are screaming, and pe- you know, people are, oh, what about this? What about this? And I get that. Now, uh, going back to that period of time during the Second World War on this planet. Now, the Earth, in and of itself, obviously, human beings have for from the time that that humans begin. I think they started throwing stones and rocks at each other. Everywhere I go, all over the planet, I see fortifications and forts and armament. Whether it's you know very basic indigenous tribes that had little arrowheads, whether I go to a period of time where they are building stone walls, the uh, Great Wall of China, whether it's more recent where people are using muskets or whether it's more recent where people have, you know, uh, bombs and guns or you go everywhere you go, there's a fort or there's some kind of armament on a beach that's ancient or new, whether it's the rusting silos in the American Midwest that was, you know, so much money was spent on these useless arms. So yes, I get that. But during the Second World War, the reason I think that's so significant is because it was such a mass consumption of energy in regards to fear. People were so much afraid of the other that they were constantly building upon this fear based and people bought into it by this power of suggestion, which you do. You, you know, you can use your words to heal or you can use your words to kill. And it's about control. Once you say there's this other over there that needs to be feared. It reminds me of the, uh, the War of the Worlds where they said that aliens were coming and so people were killing themselves because of they didn't want to be uh, abducted by aliens. So it's this unwinding of that. My point is this. If you look at the Second World War and the reason it was so – there was so much depression and hatred and dearth is because people were fearing each other. Subsequently, people have decided that that is not what the reality of their life will be. And so now we have this great abundance. 
we have the opposite of that. We, instead of instead of little girls giving their rubber dolls to the war effort to be melted down into some kind of a, a soldier boot, we are truly getting to the point where we are plowing our our muskets into plowshares. We are getting to the point of peace. The lamb and the lion is coming back together. This is not something we humans are totally responsible for. It is part of the choices that we make as far as individuals choosing love over light, uh, choosing love and light over fear. But it also has to do with just the epoch of time we're in. We are not alone on this planet. There are animals. There are species of plants. There is aquatic kingdom. We are not alone. It is our human arrogance that we feel like we can control this world and so forth, and that the cosmos is shutting that down. So now we rise up to this level of just like the opposite. We had so much fear and hate during the Second World War that now we're getting to the point where we have food and shelter for everyone. And of course, like Gandhi said, we have enough for everyone's need, but we don't have enough for everyone's greed. Now, one thing about this realm is that when I have studied philosophical belief systems, religions, spiritual beliefs, no matter what you want to frame it in, everybody feels they're not home. In other words, they feel like when they die, they're going to go somewhere else. And I too believe that. I have conscious memory of being outside the human world, outside the earth world, and kind of being on a different sphere of existence. I'm going to leave it at that. And then thinking those humans are beginning to go into places with technological advancements where they're beginning to deal with atomic energy. And that atomic energy without the proper guidance of love and light can be used to destroy or it can be used to heal. And so it's as if I just volunteered as part of that light being to come to this earth and to guide that into a level of love and light, to use the power for good and not evil. And I think that that has happened with a lot of people. In other words, I think that Mother Earth is more of a transitory state. It's a beautiful evolutionary state, but I think there's beings from many, many different realms many different planets. So I'm, where I'm going with this, Barb, in your experience as a hypnotherapist and as a, as a past life regressor, have you ever come across that where people are not so much of the earth, but from somewhere else? I have had a few experiences with clients who have um, seen themselves in, on, on another planet or in like a spaceship uh, with other beings. And, um, you know, they, they, some people poo poo that they like, no, that's not true. But they describe things that they hadn't seen in a movie. They hadn't had any other experience with it. They, they come up with things that they had never thought about before. So that's what I leave them with is how did you come up with that then? And just trust that, that there is some, there's truth to that. Right. Because I've seen that too, and and it actually gives me a lot of comfort when I think, oh, there's a lot beyond this, right? It's like when you're a child, you have a certain belief system. You may believe in Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny, but then you grow up and you get knowledge, okay, that's not it. You, We believe in the flat earth. We believe in a lot of things. We We believe in a lot of erroneous concepts that are just simply not true. And so when you when you go into these belief systems, there's got to be something that's beyond it. There's got to be something that's beyond 
just this limited reality of Earth in this in this particular sphere. I think that it goes on and on forever. So that's a fascinating thing because what you're doing is not only uncovering that, but you're also going into uh, you're also going into uh, like that it's okay. In other words, you're coming out to the fact that yes, I might be a, I might be from a different planet, and somebody goes, oh yeah, I feel the same way. You know, you're you're a little bit younger than I am, but when I was growing up, <clears throat> we could not talk this way. We could not say this. We could not. Um, I'll give you an example. I was on a, a flight from here to Detroit, and there was a, a it was a chartered flight, and I just happened to get a flight on it. And it was a bunch of families, and they were all individuals that were um, of one religion, and that was Christianity, and which is fine. You know, I don't. I I believe in Christ, and I believe in Buddha. I believe in a lot of things. But anyway. So the flight was landing in Detroit, and as it was landing, the we went straight up in the air, and the captain came on the intercom and said, ladies and gentlemen, we've aborted the flight to avoid hitting oncoming traffic. And so the woman next to me that was a husband and some kids. We had been talking about different things, philosophical belief systems, and I thought we were having a very friendly conversation. And she looked at me and said, that was the that was Jesus Christ that saved us. It wasn't the universe, and it's like, okay, but it could be maybe your belief system of the Christ consciousness or Jesus Christ. But I just believe the universal. When I was talking about the universe, I believe in universal laws that are applicable to all of us. Universal laws that are applicable to you, whether you believe it and define it as Christ or Buddha or Muhammad or you know, the magic garden in the in the backyard. It doesn't matter. As It's just like the sunshine. The sunshine gives life to everything it is shining on and gives it energy. And I believe the source, universe, whatever, is giving life to all that that is to grow and blossom to the greatest it can be. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. And I think that, um, again, our ego minds try to find logic in things, and then they limit the possibilities, but the possibilities are infinite of who we are, where we came from, what we're capable of doing and the magic that we could really live in. I think that, you know, without those limitations, um, we'd be in a, well, I think we're heading in a much better place. I do too. And everything in the human world that we have was once a human thought, the chair that we're sitting on, these microphones that we're using, everything that we have is a thought. There's got to have been somewhere, some way that someone said, man, this person's going blind. I wonder if I could learn medicine and and heal this person that's going blind. Yeah, now they call them retinologists and ophthalmologists and so forth, or the doctors or or better parenting skills. So everybody's improving. Like you said, I, I really believe that we are growing rapidly inside of our light. But... Um, as far as like as far as the spiritual aspect, spiritual meaning from your from your soul, we talk about the ego. The great late Ram Das said it so well when he said, "Ego as an acronym is edging God out," and I believe that. So, Barb, why do we have these egos that are so massive? And sometimes I think they can be positive, healthy egos. But can you talk a little bit about an ego to me? For well, in many ways, an ego makes us keeps us safe. You know, the ego, you know, tells us what to do and how to act each day and keeps us in line. And sometimes the ego takes over 
and like I said, constricts our way of living, um, but it it forms us who we are and that I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be a hypnotherapist and someone wants to be a pilot and someone wants to be a doctor. You know, the ego is our structure and we do need the ego again to keep us safe, to give us direction, to give us guidance. We just don't want the ego to run the show the whole time. And, you know, we have two parts of our brain. We have the left side and the right side. And the left side gets things done. And the right side is the more creative side. And that's the side where we connect to, to the higher consciousness with. They balance each other out. Right. That makes a lot of sense because I've been in uh, belief systems. I've seen people that they say, oh, I'm going to have an ego death and it's going to be enlightenment. And and it's like, okay, once you have your ego death, good luck on functioning in the world. How are you going to, you know, remember to make your mortgage payments and drive your car? And so, you know, you don't want to be in a spiritual coma. On the other hand, it's, I think it's the energy behind the individual. You're a very kind, loving person, and so you put that out there through your heart. A person that's very selfish or narcissistic, they go into their ego, and it's all about them. I've been around people that have such an incredibly large, destroying ego that if it's either you're going to talk about them or they're going to talk about them, and that's it. And it's to the point that if you do try to interject and just say something nice, it's like, wow, I'm really thankful for this. I'm really glad for my little apartment here because it's snowing. So I'm like, oh, I'm so much grateful for that, my bigger house and so forth. So it's like this constant put down of, of ego. So yes, I think that kind of ego needs to either be put to death or uh, and also the ego structures. But we could talk to forever on that. We're going to take a little bit of a music break, and when we come back, we're going to further this incredible, fascinating interview with Barb, the hypnotherapist. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Thank you for continuing to listen to this episode with this being of light Barb who does the hypnotherapy. It's interesting because if you look at hypnotherapy, it's a, a vehicle by which we can heal. And I do believe everything has its medicine and its poison. There is indigenous tribes that use tobacco for healing of bruises and skin wounds and too much of it can actually hurt or kill you. 
Um, alcohol, the same thing. I've never been a drinker. Don't criticize those who do, but I actually use a shaman alcohol that has herbs in it, blessed on shamans to heal me as well, and it's incredibly effective. Um, the sunshine is giving you life, but it can also blind you and it can also burn you. And so I think what we're trying to do is find a balance using that energy to love and light. And it's the same thing with hypnotherapy. Barb is a hypnotherapist, and she uses her hypnotherapist to heal people. However, it's interesting, like, how much hypno, like, how much, like, hypnotized the world is. Ryan, you had a question about that. Yeah, yeah, I did. And everything's so very interesting, guys. Great, great episode so far. But I guess what keeps popping in my head is, those people who are there are, I guess I should say, are there people who think they can't be hypnotized? And I guess the second part of the question would be, are those like one of your favorite clients? Um, are those some of the favorite people you would like to like to work on? Because I guess in a sense, maybe you could prove them wrong. Well, I love working with ev most everybody and not everybody's <laughs> a good fit with me. I mean, and some people don't like to work with me, you know, but uh, the first question about can can anybody be hypnotized? I say yes. Look at advertising. We are hypnotized every day when we watch the TV and we listen to an ad. Or, you know, think about the time when you're driving down the road and it's like, oh, I need a burger for dinner. And an ad for, you know, a certain restaurant has come on and now you have that in your head. That's hypnotherapy. And then you're craving it after that. And you're craving it. And you yep. can't get it out of your head, right? So we, we are all, we can all be hypnotized. And think about driving down the highway and you miss your exit. That's you. You've done self hypnosis, hmm. wow. and um, you've yeah you've lost track of time, and you got to wake up right. Um, thinking about people who think they can't be hypnotized, I think about one of my teachers, a story that he told, and he had someone come into his office, and she said, you know, I went many years ago for, to quit smoking, and I. Uh, laid on the couch and he did his thing and but I was awake the whole time and I it didn't work but I haven't had a cigarette since hmm. <laughs> so it did work huh right, right. so so then and, you know, is it uh like you were, guys were speaking about our egos is it just our egos then that are coming into play when when someone says oh no I'm, I can't be hypnotized my mind's way too strong or you know whatever exactly. the case may be that's that's exactly. just our ego then right Yes, yes. And, and or, you know, there are so many people and, you know, me included, it's like, did that really happen? Is is that real? Did I, or did I just make that up? Yeah. Well, sometimes it's like, maybe you did make it up. Hypnotherapy, therapy, um, spirituality, creativity is a lot of imagination. Hmm. Some people have a little bit harder time because they have a harder time getting into that imagination. But with practice, they can get better and they can be hypnotized deeper um, on deeper levels, you know, with, with some practice. But it's trusting the process. And I would say that about anything and everything. I mean, I believe in my spirit guides. I believe in my, my animal spirit guides. And so when I'm out on a walk and a crow is hawking at me, I'm going to pay attention to what he has to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you as far as like we're part of that. You're you're actually part of that crow. Uh, your your life is coming from 
the earth, the food you eat. It's the same that this, that crow is, and that crow's a part of you and saying, hey, wake up to this or do this or, or, and it's like the trees and the animals and everything that you are, that you seek is being, is being brought to you so that you can grow and learn. I think that your work is absolutely fascinating and it's, it's a vehicle. And so many, I, you know, I get to, I, I look at sometimes people and like Ryan was talking about, as far as this resistance about, Hey, you can't hypnotize me. And in my work, I'd say, okay, probably not. And I walk away. I really would. Because it'd be like, I don't have any points to prove. I have a purpose to serve. And if Ryan was looking at me and saying, hey, um, you know, you should, if you worked out and lift weights and so forth, you might, you're going to get a toned weightlifter's body. And I go, well, I don't believe that. And I, okay, that's not going to happen because I'm not doing it. But if you take, if you take the suggestion and you integrate it in your own life and you make it work for you, then it's going to be, uh, uh, you're going to have that result, whether it's better health or whether it's a sense of peace or whatever it is. But nobody... Nobody is going to make a difference in anyone else's life if that person doesn't want that that to come into life. It just isn't. Uh, it is. It and so many people make a, a deal out of it, where it's like, oh, you can't do that, you can't do that, and I just I don't even comment to that. I go, well, you can't, but I can, and and you consider the source and move on. So, like I said, I think your hypnotherapy is something that is helping so many people, the work that you do in the church. But here's the thing. You have always done that ever since you were a child, just the, the way that you live your life, your authentic way that you live your life. You're not conforming to someone else's predisposed idea about who you should love or how you should love. You choose to love who you want, and you, and you, and you change a paradigm. When you are in a healing modality, you're breaking away from the, you're breaking away from uh, the old paradigm. I've, I've learned that myself. Sometimes when I've, I've tried to figure out things in, in healing, and I think, well, okay, so what's the rules? How do I do this? And sometimes there's things that is not there. In other words, it does not exist. I'm the first one to kind of have to explore this, or we're, there's a group of us that are exploring this as well. When back in the 80s, when the HIV thing came out, and it was like, okay, so what are the rules? How do we do this? How do we get through this? It's like it's never existed like this. There's never been on the planet anything like this. So you are the one that's at the cutting edge, and you are the one that's going to learn how to do this and how to get through it and have the miracle of healing through it. And that is what's happened. So, uh, so many times people will say, well, what are the rules and how do we do this? It's like you don't know because you're the one that's going to create it. How, how do you, it, whatever you're trying to heal with inside yourself and those around you, you may be the first one that's doing it. You may be the first one that's going, hey, I'm a woman and I'm being oppressed by my husband. So rather than stay in this relationship because I was supposed to, I'm going to break away from it and go be single. Or I'm going to go with a kinder man. Or I'm going to be with a woman. And I don't have to follow all these rules that people lay down before me. So you're breaking the bob wire of your prison when you follow your heart. And Barb you're the one that can actually help facilitate that change. Thank you. I love what I do. I love working with people. I love seeing the change and the growth and the transformation that people go through. Um, you can sometimes in a session see it on their face that um, they've had this aha. They, they've gone to the next level. And when I can help facilitate peace for someone, 
then then my job is is done it's you know it's it's just it's a gift for me to be able to do that right wonderfully said wonderfully said all right, Bob. Barb, thanks so much. Ryan, do you have anything else to... Oh, gosh, you just slipped my mind. Um, basically, I am so intrigued. Sorry, I remembered. <laughs> I'm so intrigued <laughs> by the interview, so intrigued by what you do. Um, how could how could we get in contact with you? How could we, um, you know, maybe start a session? Is there is there a web page you might have? Or, um, yeah. You can always, and everybody listening out there, we could always get you in contact as well through our, through our web page as well. But um, if you have yeah. any information, and my website yeah. is my website is insightandhealing.com. Just so we know, because this is audio only, could you spell that for us, Barb? Yes, insight i n s i g h t healing insightandhealing.com. Perfect. Insightandhealing.com. Yes. Perfect. We could uh, go ahead and book a uh, book a session with you right on that web page. All right. Perfect. And also. Ryan, what is our contact? Uh, yeah, so also you, um, we would be more than happy to get you in contact with Barb as well. And you can reach us um, at our web. Our, our email address is info at medicinewords.net. And it's connected to our webpage, which is medicinewords.net. Um, you could also direct messages on um, Instagram or Facebook. We have a like page. Both of those handles are at medicinewordsheal. All right. Yes, happy light and love as well. Happy Light and Love, and thank you so much, Barb, for being with us today. I've had a wonderful time talking to you today. Thank you so much. Oh, our pleasure, our pleasure. And again, all those out there in podcast land, we are sending you love. We are sending you light from our hearts. Thank you for coexisting on this beautiful plane called Mother Earth. Thank you so much for being a creation and co-creating with us. Remember that you are absolutely loved, no matter what else. If everything else fades away, remember that you are absolutely pure love. Gain strength from that, that there's a higher part of you. Gain from your faith. Energize yourself with the sun. Create yourself in accordance with that which is Mother Earth. Know that your ability to love is your greatest gift that you have. Be always well. This is Keith, over now. out.